On today's episode, we approach Netflix's first animated production, Disenchantment, which came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. August 17th, 2018. And it was helmed by Matt Groening, or Matt Groening, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, yes, the it, creator of The Simpsons. It only serves as his third show behind The Simpsons and Futurama. And Futurama. Both of which I think are interesting because one deals in the present, Simpsons, the other is the future, obviously, mm-hmm. and this one is the mythical. Yeah, and the series was created when Groening started writing a notebook full of ideas back around 2012, around the third season to fourth season of Futurama, and every time he thought of a fantasy trope, he'd write it down, and he found a way to stick it into a show. That show being... Uh, Disenchantment. Like, you can tell that his style hasn't changed over the years. He may create new characters, but they're always going to be seriously flawed in the intelligence spectrum, and they'll just waver between adequate at something or inadequate. In this show, you have Princess Tia Bini, who we see most of the world through, and she's not even the brightest of the bunch, but neither is Homer Simpson. Her last name is Bean, right? No, her nickname is Bean. Bean, Tia Bini. So they just call her Bean. Do the characters look the same? Like, what's it most closely related to, The Simpsons or Futurama? Uh, Futurama, uh, more so. The the thing about the show is that we watched, or I watched season three, episode one. So the premiere of this season. And I forgot that I didn't see the last two episodes of last season. So I had to go back and watch those. And it was really good because they actually fed into each other's storylines as like a revolving. Like if I hadn't watched those two just now, it would be really hard to remember everything that went went on. Do they give a recap? Um, no, I didn't see a recap. I'm sure they did, but I just went right into the next episode. The thing that happens in last season that you had to remember was that the king is almost assassinated by his daughter unintentionally. And then the advisors, um, the council is kind of evil and they try to pin it on Bean as being an intentional act. And then they try to kind of control the new king, who is her brother, who is very young and malleable is, is and he, then the king almost dies are they young like uh that one character in game of thrones that like commissioned the whole town but she was like a really young girl and got like squashed by the uh giant no it's a better comparison if you joffrey's brother remember when he came into power and his mom was really the one kind of leading him right. and stuff yeah like that's the sort of thing they did they wanted to impose a rigid theocracy and kind of just command him to do stuff and the kid you could tell was sometimes like resistant to that idea he didn't want to issue his sister's sentence to death and be burned to be burned as a witch Mm -hmm. but at the end of the season he kind of gets convinced that she killed her father on purpose so she's burned at the stake however at the very last second she's saved when the um pedestal that she is standing on with her two um best friends elfo and lucy who's a demon and voiced by Eric Andre, mm-hmm. they it gets pulled underground, and we find out that her mom is there with an army of these things that are called trugs and mole men. And uh, her mom has been an evil villain since, I think, season two, the and, beginning of and, season and two. And this is the start of season three, right? At the beginning of season three, we get more information, like the mom is trying to influence her daughter again and say, hey, I'm back, and I'm sorry about trying to kill you the last time, <laughs> And but the king is getting better as well so he's he's kind of upset that he's finding out that his council has kind of uh, killed his daughter and then also taken the crown away from him so he's plotting to get it back but at the last second he ends up he's not the brightest tool in the shed either he gets himself buried alive 
<laughs> and so so we don't know if he's alive or not by the end of the episode. He's he's kind of in a bad place. So with, so with this episode, was it just resolving the cliffhanger or does it seem like the cliffhanger is going to kind of go throughout the whole entire season? Um, well, it could resolve in the next couple episodes, but it's definitely not resolved right now. It like, has a story arc. At the arc, very right? end of, yes, it has a story arc. And some of the episodes are obviously one-offs. Like she went to hell for a storyline, um, which I think was a higher rated episode. And then her friends have died and she's gone on different adventures. But when you get the ones with her family, it tends to be a few episodes long mm-hmm. before they get anything resolved. And at the end of this episode, um, Bean finds out that her mom is also still evil. <laughs> so, okay. like, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was kind of a cliche plot, but at the same time, the animation's pretty amazing. Yeah, I know that Matt Groening uh, draws every day, and no matter how you feel about this uh, part, because that's what they call the season, um, I know that the animation has been critically acclaimed throughout the whole entire show. Yeah, the humor can be here or there, but, like, it's a spectacle because it's, like, 3D art mixed with... I was going to ask, is the animation 3D? Well, it's not all 3D, but you can tell that there's definitely more of an impact in, like, every single element. If you look at the, like, left-hand side while you're watching the rest of the show, there's always different details that change versus some shows which try to... Like, a Rick and Morty is not going to spend a heck of a lot of time on, like, a straight line. Right, I know Josh Weinstein, he's the showrunner along with Matt Groening, and he says that although he likes the way The Simpsons and Futurama are animated, they seem kind of flat, and they wanted to make the show lusher and richer, much like a storybook. So, like, lighting and shading of the characters and just the way that they were drawn were really important to him. The main character tends to go through different times where she's on drugs or she's dreaming or she's, again, stoned. In this episode, she gets high on mushrooms unintentionally. And you can get this, like, LSD trip type um, just lights everywhere. And they try to animate it in a way that makes it pretty cool to the viewer and causes seizures for anybody who who is prone to them. <laughs> yeah. Would you say that... Who would you say the target audience this is geared towards for? It's, it's pretty... Like, it does have a message behind it. There's some historical backgrounds to kings that have been overthrown. And then the monarch... Or, see, the... Um, the church kind of taking over and trying to control things. So there's a Game of Thronesian element in this show um, and good versus evil and uh, the rights of women because Bean is obviously misplaced in time because she's all for empowerment and they're constantly being a patriarchy around her and telling her that she's not allowed to interfere with the king and and the men's schedule. Is it raunchy? No, uh, not... Well... (laughs) They have, the elf has sex a few times, but it's more done for humor mm-hmm. than anything else. But they aren't afraid to to go into, like, the higher rated stuff. Stuff that you wouldn't just see on The Simpsons. Yeah, I know that Josh Weinstein was happy with the way that the show turned out because he says the writer's room is kind of an even split, but there's more younger people than older people in the room. And that was how it kind of worked with another successful animated show he worked on called Gravity Falls, which is more a kid's show where he saw himself as the old guy. Yeah, it takes a little getting used to. Like, I understand it if some people watch it and the jokes don't always fall. Like, they, they're not afraid to kind of do tiny jokes that aren't necessarily that funny. But every once in a while, they'll, they'll trip you up and they'll be like, oh, okay, that was, that was a funny pun. When you say tiny jokes, you mean like hidden jokes kind of in Futurama or... No, I think Futurama tried to be more intelligent than this show does. But this show definitely elevates it from Simpsons humor. Yeah, so so it's somewhere in the middle. There's a lot of voice actors from Futurama that cross over into this because again, Matt Groening. Um, does it seem like it has enough inspiration and steam to continue going on? Because I read yeah, a lot. the plot right now is pretty interesting. I am I'm curious if the king's gonna like how he's gonna get out of his grave 
and now he's going to see his daughter again. The back and forth between the mom's character uh, being like, I'm good, I'm bad, I'm good, I'm bad. It's I'm pretty sure she's evil. Yeah. <laughs> she, like she was literally eating the brain of one of the um, one of her army, the Trugs, by the end. Um, because that's, that's how she yeah, like, fuels herself. That's dark. I know that the reviews are saying that this season in particular is darker than the first two. Uh, just to be said, the first season was like kind of received mixed reviews, but got a fan base. The second season received more lukewarm reviews and then got an even bigger fan base. So there's speculation that this show could continue going on. It kind for of years encroaches on you, and then you realize you don't mind it as you're watching it more and more. I think the episode where they went to hell was kind of a turning point for the show because you see it in a lot of was the that ads. on season two. Yes. And, uh, and it, it kind of showed off what visually the show could perform to be, and the storyline was good enough to kind of, like, complement it in a really good way. So it actually tries to be emotional, then. It's not just full-on satire. Yeah, but at the same time as you're being emotional and there's sad things happening, then you also have a talking pig from the first episode <laughs> where Bean was supposed to marry this prince who was full of himself and then got turned into a pig, and he's still around. Oh, okay, so that's where that picture... So, yeah, yeah, his name is, his name is like, Merkimer... And he actually talks to the new king, the the little kid at this point. Is he like a goldfish, from, a goldfish from American Dad, or is it just like a no? He's he, so King Derek basically imposes all these measures that say prohibition is now. You can't break any of the church laws, which is you can't do anything kind of sketchy. You like everything will send you to jail. Um, just the most minute of tasks that normal people. And so the pig comes in and he's like, "Hey, I'm." all for you imposing your power but try to be nice to the weirdos like the weirdos have a place in society and so the the little kid king derek had been listening to the druid and the archdruid and uh oddball the um guy with like a third eye in the middle of his face uh, he's he's an advisor um and basically just been taking their word for things and then he suddenly came to the realization that he could impose whatever will he wanted so he started saying things like um from now on, all disputes will be settled by a pancake eating contest. And then he started like getting Feels more like and a more. Kid's joke. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, then he started. By the end, he was like, "And all uh, from now on, we will be in a socialist utopia." And that's when they like nabbed him, <laughs> and so, <laughs> because they realized he was starting to implement like actual yeah. like law that may actually turn out to be mm-hmm. good, as opposed to just handing them all the things that they want. Elfo is the name of the character that kind of looks like Bart Simpson, right? A little yeah, bit. Elfo is an elf. And he is from an elf town, and I think he's kicked out of it originally, and then because he's having, like, an affair with one of the other elves, he's kind of just a strange green goblin type fellow, and he's he's just a super nice guy, I guess, and yeah. he doesn't realize that he he's kind of innocent. The characters drawn were interesting because Matt Groening, back in fifth grade, drew um, Elfo. He was the first character that I ever drew, and he looks basically the same as he did now, but in early test screenings, they realized that he looked more like a kid, so that's why they added such thing like his hat and his sideburns in order to... Because isn't he supposed to have sexual feelings for uh, being... Yeah, he does like her. Yeah, and then um, the demon is the dirtiest of all of them, though. Like he's he's not afraid to be the one on her the right side of her shoulder. Yeah, so it's like Lucy on the right side of her shoulder and uh, Elfo on the left being the angel. However, Lucy has come around. Like originally, Lucy's whole premise was he was supposed to be betraying um, or lead um, being into like 
terribleness. Right. Like, it was, it well, was he, a curse. He's the devil, it right? Was a he's curse. a demon. He is a demon, but he's when they went to hell, he helped them escape hell, and so he lost his demon powers. Like, he, he's no longer immortal. He has an interesting, like, creation as well, because his was the only character, I believe, that wasn't made for the show, because much like Matt Groening's really, notebook he full seems of ideas. very much ingrained well, in the show. Yeah, he's become a fan favorite, in fact. But I mean, his, his creation, like the way he looks, it was just supposed to be a random character that they decided to throw into the show. And then, it, yeah, Eric Andre's got a big following because of that character. Eric Andre's gotten more of a following than he already had? I thought he would bring the following to the fan Well, I think, I think that as well. Is he your favorite character? Because that's what I read from a lot of Reddit posts. Um, no, I'm enjoying the storyline right now. I don't really have a favorite character. I did find the uh, mole men in this episode particularly funny because when they first get doused into or like fall into this cave where the mom is and there's just tons of trugs, they're like, oh, look at all these mole men. And they're like, we're not mole men. Those are mole men. And then there's like this little guy and just like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> if so. you had to compare it to a show, like does Simpsons and Futurama basically do it justice or, or is it like kind of sad comedy like Louie and those star no, comedies? No, it's not. Nothing like Louie. Um, but it's interesting how, like you said, Matt Groening, or Groening has only done three shows, while Seth MacFarlane, who's done Family Guy. Yeah, he's done a lot. Yeah, he's done a ton of cartoon shows, as well as live action now. Mm -hmm. And then you have Justin Roiland, who also has done multiple cartoon shows now, because he didn't just do Rick and Morty, he also right, is did. doing that. that green space, show. I can't remember that. It's called, like, like, Space Something or other. So, like... It, animators tend to do more than one thing at once right and i think that with matt groaning he really except wants for to make... the south park creators they yeah, did they... team america or whatever but that's not really animated is it they did a lot of other things as well yeah but they they did book of mormon <laughs> yeah. uh disenchantment though is inspired by lore of the rings as well as american graffiti which was made by george lucas do you see any of those things in there beside the time period like is there anything else that there's could... witchcraft and wizardry and something i really liked about the last season episode right before the finale was they introduced the steampunk world mm -hmm. Wow, which, yeah, that's... yeah which, which was, like, complicated because one world just believes in magic and has magic, while the steampunk world has science, and they can't even comprehend it. So, um... So, literally being, an alternate reality, right? Sort of, but the steampunk place is able to, like, maneuver its way through each reality, and so Bean goes to the steampunk universe, and you get to see that whole world. And I thought for a singular episode... She comes back with a gun and then shoots her dad unintentionally. But it's... <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I thought the, that that was a really well done episode. And again, because of the visuals, I think yeah, I enjoyed it the reason all for the more. The reason for that, the season two ends with like no cliffhangers, right? For the most part, it basically is the end of the story arc. No, big cliffhanger. That literally oh, right, of burned course. at the stake. Yeah, I, well, the reason... <laughs> I've, I, I've explained the, this. Yeah, no, the reason I, explained, I thought that for a quick second before I remembered was the fact that this is a lot like Money Heist part. Like the part one is supposed to kind of be the setup and part two for the most part is supposed to be the ending to the story arc so for example part three is really the start to this and part four is supposed to kind of end off wherever they go with the story from now on you're saying they don't is it gonna get a season four? Oh uh, yeah it's already been renewed for and season, season five uh they're highly speculative of it yeah so they're already in the works of making season four yeah. Is it, has COVID like, impacted for, it at all? Well, no, not really. Kind of. Had, could you tell the audio was off? Because no. they had to do some of it in the studio and some of it at home. Um, but no. for example... Like when, when you see a show like you saw uh, yesterday, the, um, what was it called? Age of the Dead yeah, or whatever? which I don't remember. Like the yet. audio in that was <laughs> awful. Awful. Terrible. Yeah. So this, 
when you're doing it in studio, it's going to sound just a heck of a lot better. Yeah. Like, I wasn't able to tell the difference. With season three, like, this is how long the show takes. With season three, it started all the way back, pre-production, in May of 2019, and then took till now for it to actually come out. In fact, people were kind of mad that it didn't come out in 2020 because there were so many posts about it. And then, uh, yeah, it's, season four is supposed to be 10 episodes as well, just kind of like this. Did, could you realize the runtime was kind of being jacked up? Has that happened yet? Because Matt Groening and Josh... You mean like it's longer episodes? Yeah, because they say that there's so much more story yeah, they want to tell yeah. that they were able to put it into the that No, I, I do, because I think the last episode I watched was like 25 minutes, and for a cartoon, that's pretty long. But Well, there are some that hit over 30 minutes. I haven't seen that one yet, or those ones. Um, But I do want to say that I think I did it the right way. I think you shouldn't watch the final two episodes of a season for any show if you know it's going to get another <laughs> season, because it really helped out, and it made it feel like this could have been episode one, two, two and three because it all fit into the same and that way when you get a cliffhanger at the end of a sh- you show have to wait yeah it just it gets resolved immediately and it, it feels a lot better mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> emotionally uh yeah and i knowing that i can go and check out the next whatever five or six episodes how many episodes in a season 10 okay so i can watch the next seven <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do we get any answers? Because Elfo has st- started to get a following of like his origins, and I know that they yeah they've, kinda... they've done like little clues that he's not a normal elf, and that there might be something twisty about his storyline that we we haven't yet seen. But at the same time, like he seems pretty simple. Like even if we get this, like he's Butters from South Park, which mm-hmm. means he's like the the what not the dream child, but like the gifted child or the one who is supposed to like save the world. Right. Also, it occurs to me that one of the jokes I liked was that during this prohibition era that they're now creating in their society at the kingdom, um, they also outlawed comedy. So they threw the jester out the window. And uh, and, wait, wait, okay, yeah, there was a little guy, and he's like, "I'm not even funny, so why are you doing this?" And they're like, "We like your um, tagline." And then he's like, "What tagline?" They throw him out the window. He's like, "Oh no!" And they're like, "That's it." Okay, uh, I know that season three has gotten not as great reviews as season two. Oh. Um, people have started to say that the show is running a little bit thin. Uh, like I said, the animation voice acting has been praised throughout, but they're saying that the storyline in general has kind of lost its way a little I bit. I was saying the mom storyline felt like it was pretty concluded uh, when they made her evil, and then they kind of had uh, Bean learn that she wasn't just this great person, and they, they moved past that. Mm-hmm. So bringing her back as a villain feels so far like it could just be a retread i know that overall the show has a 67 percent on ron tomato season one has a 62 and season two has a 73 i was surprised to see season three doesn't have anything but it does have two reviews once a ron once a tomato uh and as a seven, yeah it just came out on sunday or something yeah and it has a 7.2 on imdb the highest scores you get are like low eights so even the bad seasons are getting decent like reviews per episode. Yeah, it's not like The Simpsons where you'll really have some trash episodes in, at this late stage, mm-hmm. or say Rick and Morty where the high highs are going to be amazing. Yeah, like, like high nines. You're basically getting mid sevens with a show like this. But it seems well, no, I said that steampunk episode and the hell episode are probably going to be in the mid eights. And well, that's my the, the highest one is an eight point two. And that's oh, okay. a, I think, penultimate episode of the first season. But what you're talking about, I think, are in, like, the, yeah, low eights. Yeah, and they do they do reference history and, like, um, Odysseus and such like that. They try to do those sort of storylines as well. Um, it's, it's a little like Animaniacs in that regard, where they'll make fun of classic culture sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know the Hollywood Insider said that part three doesn't know what wants to be. It throws a lot of the story that they have developed for two seasons out the window. But, no. again, uh, it complements the animation 
So <laughs> okay, well, just watch it for the animation. Yeah. Then. No, that honestly is what some people have said. So yeah, I'd, I'd agree with it. Even if you don't like the jokes, you like the animation. So with the three episodes you watched, and you can just go ahead and rate all three um, in one. What would you give one the out of last, ten? The last two from last season, I thought were particularly good, and the first episode from this season continued on. It didn't add anything to it, like the. As I said, the steampunk episode, followed by that giant cliffhanger where she accidentally shoots her dad and you got a lot of plot development. The first episode does provide you like what you thought would occur, which is her brother kind of being manipulated and the father at least being okay enough, but then now getting buried alive and then finding out that her mom is still evil. It's, it's just, it's playing the dynamics. Okay. So I didn't have a problem with this first episode. I thought it was pretty good and I'm, I hope that it defies the reviews you were reading and i come away with a good message season four will probably be coming out in late 2021 or early 2022 kind of like this are, episode are they a sponsor or something <laughs> no i was just i was just saying for people who want to know okay um is there anything else you wanted to add no that's it all right from dreamland that was our review thanks for listening we'll see you on the next one bye bye